spooky friends. Today we're bringing you another great mini-sode of Dairyland Frights, and we promise it will be a mini-sode. Uh, <laughs> inside joke. For me. Uh, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. My name is John, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Brooke and Megan. Brooke, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to, yeah, hopefully we don't end up going an hour and a half on our mini-sode, having the, the longest Sorry. episode that we've hey. had. We love talking about the paranormal. The more you listen to us, you know you will say, like, these people really love the paranormal. That's it's true. It's different. true. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, yeah, how are you? I'm doing good. I mean, can you blame us, though? It's just there's so many great stories, and especially so the ones we're going to tell today. They're awesome. Yeah, these are fun, and fun ones. I want to say in our previous episode, uh, please check out Ridgeway Ghost and Mineral Point Vampire. You would love it. We had a <laughs> great time not only talking about it, but researching it. Mm -hmm. um, very fun. So today we're going to travel to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for three great stories. Some of the most haunted places you, you people, can visit, which I visited <laughs> one of the places, which I will tell you my story. But mm -hmm. first, Brooke is going to cover the history of the rave, a popular yes. concert venue with an eerie past. <laughs> oh, I've been to the rave too. I, yeah. I, saw, I saw a bunch of concerts there. I saw Great White there, Loverboy. Yeah, okay. Nice. They, have some, they have some good places, yeah. Um, then... I'll cover the Paps Mansion. I went on a tour there. I, I highly recommend going on a tour. It's a great, great place to do. And lastly, we'll finish off with Megan and the Broomder Mansion. Am I pronouncing that right? I think it's Brumder, but we'll, we'll Brumder. see. Brumder. I got a mushmouth. Everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, an, an allegedly haunted bed and breakfast that's home to a, a very picky ghost. And by the way, one of my favorite names ever so far in this podcast <laughs> and you'll see okay so <laughs> awesome. no rave or eagles club some yes. of you guys probably remember either one so. yeah i'm excited to talk about the rave like you i've been there so many times i used to be there like every weekend when i was in high school so nice. uh, a lot of, a lot of fun history with the rave but uh, a couple of the sources that I use just to get those out of the way. I use uh, only in your state. Um, American Ghost Walks actually had some really good information on it. Oh, great. Um, and then the Rave's website as well. So to set the scene, uh, the Rave, also known as the Eagles Club, but most commonly just called the Rave. Uh, it's a music venue located in downtown Milwaukee. It was actually constructed in 1925 and opened to the public in 1927. Wow. <clears throat> Yeah, so a long time ago, about a, almost 100 years old. Wow. Um, and the original purpose was actually to serve as a meeting place for the Milwaukee chapter of the Fraternal Order of Eagles, which is a humanitarian organization credited with founding Mother's Day. Why? <laughs> like, hey, yeah. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, I had Yay. no idea. Shout um, out to moms. Yeah, shout out to moms. We love moms. Um, so it was, uh, it, well, it still is. I, well, it, I think it was constructed as a five story building, but it might be seven oh. stories now. Some people said seven stories. Okay. Should, yeah. But it's a tall building. Um, and mm. when it was first built, it was, people were like, this is crazy. It's got so many amenities. They had a bowling alley, um, a huge pool, 75 oh, by wow. 50 foot pool. And at the time it had the largest ballroom in the state and it is gigantic. Like still to this day, it's a very yeah. large ballroom. <clears throat> and in theory, um, this venue can actually support 
six musical acts at a consecutive time. So there's wow. like six different rooms huh. that people can play music in, which is really cool. But there's primarily four main venues. So the Eagles Ballroom is the largest one with a capacity of 3,500 people. That's kind of like the top level from what I understand. I've been there. I think I only saw two acts there. One of them was um, Say Anything and one was Brockhampton. Um, and then the Rave Hall it has a capacity of 1,800. That was the one that I was always primarily in when I was in high school seeing like the main and boys like girls and all time low and all those bands that I used to love. <laughs> um, so love that place. And then there's the Eagles hall, which has a capacity of a thousand. And then the rave bar has a capacity of 500. I did. I was in that one a couple times too. Um, but the rave most often features alternative music from pop, um, pop rock, punk music, and, um, heavy metal bands very frequently at the rave, but it's also hosted a ton of really well-known acts as well, such as Bob Dylan has actually played at the rave six times. Oh, nice. oh wow. Yeah. Um, Weezer, Marilyn Manson, the white stripes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Kings of Leon, Kesha. Oh, Kings Ed, of Leon. Yeah. Um, Ed Sheeran, My Chemical Romance and the Jonas Brothers. There's tons. Ah, yeah. Nice. There's tons of other ones too, but I wanted to give like a good, a good example of the very wide variety of music yeah. that, um, that people play. Uh, so it's a very interesting building and it's really cool. If you look up pictures of like, there's, you know, it's not just venues. There's other like weird rooms. There's like a basement area, which I, which mm. is also, I'm pretty sure a venue where people can play music too. That's like the fifth one, but I, I didn't find the capacity of that one. Mm. Um, and there's like, just all these like hidden areas and the pool is no longer in use. It hasn't been for a long time. So it's all emptied and stuff, but it's a, uh, it's just a very cool building. It's very has a very interesting energy to it. But so many claim, let's talk about the history a little bit. Many people claim that the rave has been the site of at least nine deaths that have occurred <laughs> on the premises. However, wow. yeah, well, documentation is a little bit spotty and not super forthcoming. So there's been stories like a bride flipped over the balcony to her death on her wedding day, or <laughs> an evil caretaker tortured the homeless in the boiler room downstairs and <laughs> killed a couple people. But no one can really find any evidence of these things happening. Um, but there's at least one death that is true. Um, so on September 10th, 1927, so this is very shortly after the venue opened, although it wasn't really a venue back then, it was like a I don't, I don't even really know how to explain it, but they had their pool basically open to like local um, swim teams and stuff like that. And there was a 15 year old named Francis Wren and he dove into the pool and never resurfaced. And he um, was actually there. He was on the swim team and he was there with the swim team. And there was an estimated like 40 other people in the pool at the time, but no one noticed until like another swimmer came into contact with his body Aww. under the water. Which is really sad, yeah. So no one has really mm. been able to explain how, like, this athletic teenage boy who was on the swim team team ended up drowning right. in the presence of so many people. is very odd. Um, but the haunting of the rave is often attributed to this um, Francis's death. And also one of the reasons why the pool is kind of known as, like, the most haunted location. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting, though, because I always remember... Um, hearing that the rave was haunted by a little girl. So I was kind of surprised to find out that it was actually a, a boy who died, but <clears throat> we'll kind of touch yeah. on that a little bit. Um, also kind of sad, just a sad side note, um, three weeks mm. after Francis died, his mother also died, which is very oh. sad. Yeah, oh, no. but they're buried next to each other in Milwaukee's Holy Cross Cemetery. Um, 
And he was actually just another kind of weird thing. He was the 40th person to drown in Milwaukee that year, which was like very abnormal. Wow. Um, they had like a really weirdly large amount of people who died um, that year specifically. Like to, I think I read that about on average, like presently, like 65 people drown in Wisconsin as a whole in one year. So this was only September and the 40th person to drown just in Milwaukee, which is very, so a lot of drownings. Um, yeah. Kind of weird. But a lot of people say um, that the second, that there was a second child that drowned too, that occurred a couple years later that ended up being the reason that the athletic club closed like publicly. But I couldn't really find any um, evidence of that. Um, but I, maybe that's the reason why people say that it's haunted by a little girl, but I really, I couldn't find anything sure. um, that like com confirmed that completely. But uh, an example though, like there has been a lot of other kind of tragedies along with, you know, with the types of music that they sometimes host, like people are sometimes doing things that are not so legal and not so great. Um, yeah. So unfortunately there was at least one other story of a girl who in 2016 passed away there. She was 18 years old, um, Kara Starr of Manuka, Illinois. So she actually died at the hospital um, or was pronounced it at the hospital, but I think she was um, unresponsive at the at the venue yeah. after seeing an EDM concert, um, Zombie, oh, okay. and she ingested Molly that she had got like attained before the concert, so she ended up passing. Oh. It was very sad. Oh, um, and there are other stories similar to that that have happened there too. So that can all kind of, you know, contribute to the kind of dark energy of really any music venue, right? Um, but also, interestingly, I know everyone loves to hear about Jeffrey Dahmer, so <laughs> we should talk about He's our gold star boy. He Nobody is. <laughs> everyone loves talking about Jeff. Um, so he actually, there's a hotel like right across from the uh, the rave called the Ambassador Hotel, yep. where Jeffrey Dahmer actually took the life of one of his first victims, Steve Tuomi, in 1987. So, and he was kind of just in that area a lot. Um, so that's yes. another reason people kind of think that there's just this dark energy about the rave. And, yeah, sorry, John, what? No, I was just going to say one thing, too, is Jeffrey Dahmer was in that area quite a bit. He used yeah. to go to the Grand Avenue Mall. He mm -hmm. used to hang out at certain the bars. Yeah. Um, so they do, just really quickly, side note, they do a Jeffrey Dahmer, and I'm not kidding, I know you both heard about this, tour you can yeah. take to Milwaukee to see all his kill sites in all the places he visited yeah and they go through this area i it was yeah. in that show um dark, dark tourist Forest. yeah it was that's yeah. really kind of a fun show but always exciting when we get a shout out even if it always is go jeff. Jeff. <laughs> a lot go of jeff uh and then there's one other thing that i saw pop up right a bit so there's this misconception that buddy holly um well okay buddy holly did die in a plane crash but there there's this misconception that it happened like right after he performed at the rave and that it was his last show in 1959 but that's actually not true so it did happen about a week after his show at the rave and there were multiple shows in between there so a lot of people for whatever reason attribute the hauntings to like buddy holly die in a plane crash and think that the rave is haunted by buddy holly but um doesn't really seem to be like a viable reason for why it would be haunted, but so but there's a lot of like odd things um, that have happened throughout the rave's history. It's an old building; it's been used for a lot of different purposes. Um, it's just kind of bound to have a lot of interesting, um, interesting backstory. 
But I want to touch a little bit on like the different types, the different things that happen with these hauntings. So there's so many people have so many different stories. It's very, uh, very interesting. But one of the things is, so employees, patrons, and musicians alike have all reported strange orbs of light, voices, cold spots, um, lots of different, you know, your typical haunted building things. Specifically, many people have reported seeing a dark figure accompanied by footsteps um, lingering around the basement. So a lot of like this kind of ties in with that story about the guy who would apparently torture people in the boiler room because this is close to the boiler room. So people I think people just kind of made that story up as a reason for why people were seeing that. Um, But that it has been reported quite a few times. Some people report smelling an overwhelming scent of chlorine in the pool, despite the fact that the pool has been empty for many, many years. If you look at pictures of the pool, like you will definitely see that no one has been in the swimming in that pool for a very long time. Um, So it'd be very odd to smell chlorine just for no reason. Um, Something interesting, security guards have actually gotten calls from people claiming to have seen objects like hurled from the top of the building. Um, but oh. when they go to investigate, there's like no one up there. And then they also have found like no sign of the objects like being on the ground. And apparently this has happened more than once. Huh. Um, also pretty odd. Uh, one time an employee saw a blue whore. Actually, <laughs> I feel like it is a blue whore. That was not what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, an, em- okay. an employee. <laughs> I caught myself halfway through my (laughs) sentence. It was multiple employees. They saw a blue orb hovering above the pool area. Um, So they said that, I guess this is around Halloween, and they all thought that it was some kind of like Halloween decoration. But then like they got closer to it, and then it kind of disappeared, and they were like, what what was that? Very odd. Um, And multiple people saw this. Another employee said when he was setting up an animatronic, again, for Halloween, like as a decoration, he was setting it up on the balcony. It was a clown and it started moving and talking on its own without being plugged in. Very creepy. I hate clowns. Um, And then musicians themselves have like a bunch of stories. So um, Mm -hmm. a lot of musicians say that they feel like watched while they're rehearsing um, just by like unseen people. Um, And then report oh they also report showers turning on and off and lights turning off on and off by themselves in the dressing rooms interestingly rob zombie who yeah. is no um stranger to like the strange and paranormal rob um, zombie's my boy yeah he's awesome um he claims he heard disembodied whispering in the dressing room when he's been there um and then another band who was filming a music video at the rave claims that they heard a baby crying um mm. and couldn't figure out what the source was but they kept hearing this like distant baby crying so a lot of different things there's like so many other stories in addition to this i just kind of you know picked some random ones and threw them in here but uh just really quickly rob zombie he's done million documentaries on he has every i'm not kidding you every horror movie ever made either on vhs dvd whatever he has a room if you back in the day there was this show I don't know if you've heard about it, called Cribs on MTV. Mm-hmm. You can go on YouTube, and Rob Zombie did a tour of his house. Wow. He also has a mural of his naked wife <laughs> on the wall. That's and, amazing. Like, demon, oh, like she's like a demon, and it's this mural of his beautiful wife naked <laughs> with demon horns. Okay. Yeah, uh. in, his bedroom, in their bedroom. And they have a huge room full of every 
horror movie, and I'm not kidding, ever made. He that's has so cool. a whole collection. That's I'm so like, that's cool. my boy. I like yeah. that. <laughs> that's my boy. His, his house is it's like when you, if you watch it on MTV, Cribs, probably get on YouTube still. It's like a gothic mansion. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. Exactly what you would think Rob Zombie's house would look like. And yeah. That's like, my boy. I like that. It's pretty cool. That is anyway. cool. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, so like if anyone would know, like paranormal stuff like it would be him you know so it's interesting but but it's kind of fun like if you look into it there's i remember when i would go there back in the day like bands like the bands that i like would do like little paranormal investigations and stuff (laughs) because they would like let them kind of tour around the um around the venue a little bit so there's like videos i think of like all time low again like doing paranormal investigations all these bands it's just fun like it's it's very well known as being like this haunted venue by all the bands that go there. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of its legacy. You know, the rave is well known by musicians to be this like really cool, historic, haunted venue that they look forward to performing at. Um, and something fun. The, so the pool, since the pool is known as the most haunted area, um, artists who perform there now traditionally will go there and take pictures and then sign the walls of the empty pool. <laughs> um, and one kind of kind of touching, like cool thing. Uh, so the late musician Mac Miller famously wrote on the walls of the pool. I am Mac Miller. I once lived. Now I am dead. My soul remains here. Enjoy. P.S. I sold this place out three times. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it was really fun. So he he tragically passed away in 2018 at age 26, but they've actually oh. preserved his signature and what he wrote behind plexiglass now oh. at the rave, which is kind of mm. cool. So that's nice. Yeah, but pretty much everyone who performs there um, signs signs the pool somewhere. So I would love to like go check it out, but I don't know if it's really like accessible to the public. I yeah. think only like performers can go and see it, but it's but it's pretty sweet. So yeah. so yeah, that's the rave. There's a, it's a very interesting location and it's very. It's very fun. It's also very fun to go see uh, go see shows there. Because I, yeah. I remember specifically, just a total random aside, but like one time I went there and we were seeing like, uh, I don't remember exactly who it was. Maybe it was like Family Force 5 or like some some random okay, band. Sure. And the same night there was like a heavy metal band performing yeah. and then there was also Insane Clown Posse performing and oh, like boy. and like one other kind of like really poppy band so it was just funny because like everyone's oh, kind of wow. in line to see their shows and so you'll see like a line of people that's all like very gothic and like darkly <laughs> dressed and then another group of like you know 14 15 year old <laughs> girls like in bright colors and it's just so funny <laughs> oh, seeing like awesome. the very distinct like different uh, groups of people yeah. going into yeah. their respective that's shows. Awesome. Yeah, that's what makes it so cool. Is that there's so there gonna be so much going on at the same time. So very cool place. But yeah. um, but yeah, but now I'll uh, I'll pass it off to John, who's going to talk about yeah. Pap's Mansion. So really quickly, we will cover on Dairyland Frights, even though it's not in our Dairyland. Bobby Mackey's. That yes. love Bobby Mackey's. Love it. Yes. Most awesome scared out of your pants pee your pants mm-hmm. or you would hear trust me on that one yes and look forward to it once we do it Agreed. so um paps mansion so i'm gonna get this really quickly because it's kind of funny this is one of these stories that you're like oh i thought it'd be really scary and i thought john would bring up unfortunately yeah <laughs> i'm gonna bury i'm gonna bury a little bit of the lead on this one so i'm gonna get right to the point because i think it's really funny once you look at this place and see pictures of it you think like 
oh my god, terrible things happen here. Well, not really, but it's still <laughs> interesting. It really is. It really is. So yeah, so let's let's get to it. So Pabst Mansion. It was built in the early 1890s. The mansion cost. Check this out, ladies. $254,000 to build. Oof. Oh, wow. In the 1800s. In Man. the 1800s. So that is equivalent to uh, 20 or $30 million wow. today or something. Wow. Yeah. So it was a lot. So the price tag, though, this is why I love houses in the early times. That included the furnishings, the artwork. And so I think it's kind of funny if you buy a house nowadays, you know, you get nothing with it other than the house, right? Here, we'll be ready. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it had 37 rooms, oh 12 bathrooms, thank God. Uh, <laughs> fireplaces, because I have two women in the house and I never can get in the bathroom sometimes. <laughs> That's a different thing. Um, it has 14 fireplaces. Why? Because it can. Um, it <laughs> Why was not? owned by. The sea captain, oh, sea captain, and beer baron, yes, that half guy. Which, just a quick side note, yes, you were both in college. Did you ever drink Pabst? <laughs> Only when I had to, to be honest. <laughs> You're not into it, John. Yeah, no. there's a lot of much better beer. In. <laughs> that is so hilarious because... <laughs> People, okay, why we're all laughing here, you're like, why are you laughing at Paps beers? Sounds like it could be good. Paps beer is like you buy on the weekends when you're just like, oh, I'm just going to sit around and have a beer and watch a movie. It, it's mm-hmm. not really, it's not the type of beer that you like have a party with unless you're like younger than in your mm-hmm. 20s, I would guess, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know, maybe I your dad's drinking, but <laughs> I'm not I'm not dumping on Paps beer. It's a fine beer. I just premiere uh, like other beers. They're a little mm-hmm. more, I don't know. Good. Like, <laughs> I, I drink more. Time. Let's just say that. We'll drop that so I don't have Pat suing us. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> so be- it was a beautiful home. It was built in the Flemish Renaissance style. Uh, so again, like I said, look at pictures of this. It's gorgeous. Take a tour. It, it's just Really cool that we had something like this in Wisconsin that you would normally see maybe in like New York, LA, some bigger city, Chicago, absolutely. So Frederick Pabst and his wife, Maria Pabst, threw elaborate parties and even a wedding, but their days of splendor ladies were short-lived. So in 1904, Captain Frederick Pabst passed away inside the mansion. After suffering two strokes, so oh, okay. his funeral was held inside the mansion. Now, really quick stop. That was normal to do back in the Interesting. day. I guess you held funerals in your house. Yeah, and it was no big deal. And the reason why is because one, people felt kind of you're closer to your house and that you're part of the house, and maybe your soul lives in the house. Which I right. thought brought on ghosts, <laughs> whether they thought about <laughs> it or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having a funeral, like the God forbid, you know, you know, your parents passed away and they were in your. It would feel weird to have them inside your house, right, or their house. It'd be like weird, but it back in be, the day, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, though. I know that there's like a lot of 
cultures that that's still very common where they'll like keep the body and like watch over it to kind of like protect it for like a day before they do anything with it. So I, I think that it does make sense. It definitely makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So his wife, Maria Pops, died in Milwaukee just two years later. And oh. the mansion was sold in 1908, acting as Milwaukee's Archbishop, Archbishop's residence and the center of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Milwaukee. And when you go on a tour, you can tell it's really opulent and it's really like, you know, why do they need such an opulent place? Just to, <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a whole different thing. Anyway, eventually the mansion became open to the public as a museum in 1978. Now, here's the thing. Like I said before, you think, oh, John, the Captain Pabst <laughs> loved his house, died in his house. He's really going to, you know, some weird things going to be happening. I did a ton, <laughs> a ton of research. This is all I found, and I'm not kidding. So one time the staff <laughs> was setting up for an event and they noticed the candles popping out of the candle opera and hitting the ground. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not really mysterious. But Allison uh, Jorlin, uh, I believe her name is, the founder of Milwaukee Ghost, told On Milwaukee in 2013. So they picked them up and put them back and it happened again. And then they mm -hmm. realized, hey, it was Captain Pat's birthday. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay. He's like, I don't want to so, celebrate. Yeah. Maybe he's just been a grumpy grump grump and just been like, ah, rah, rah, you know, okay. Fine. <laughs> um, but I did I, I did find something that was interesting. Just a quick side note. It's sometimes when you put candles in a candle opera and it's like um, humidity or something like that, they would just pop out. So I was like, mm, oh, right. okay. 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 That's the bunk. <laughs> but John that the curators and contractors have reported mysterious chandelier movements, ringing bells, and even Frederick Papp's sighting. Okay. So that, that, that's okay. That's a little scary. Um, the Papp's Mansion, which definitely we have to go on uh, or bring your husbands or whatever you want to do. I like to check this out because I didn't go on this tour, is leaning into the frightful mystery of Papp's family with a tour of conducted entirely by candlelight. Ooh, Ooh that'd be cool. Yeah, I like that. At the 130-year-old house, it's called Illuminating the Dark. It happens Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays in October, and with an additional tour on Halloween. Ooh, that um, sounds awesome. Yeah, so I looked it up. Uh, they didn't have tickets for sale um, at the moment, obviously, but going through this huge house, and I'll get to my experiences here in a second, with candlelight would be super cool. So something worth it to check out. Yeah. So, so also I found Tyler Nicole, which I sent both of you her TikTok account. Yeah, um, she's an enthusiast, a spooky enthusiast. <laughs> she, um, she's on TikTok. She has over 100,000 followers. Uh, she's called Goth Wisconsin page. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we would have her on a guest down the road. That'd be um, cool. One of the things I did, I also visited that place about four years ago um, and took a tour of the Paps Mansion, and I had no vibe at all. And I've gone on yeah. numerous ghost tours and everything, although there is kind of a funny thing. They have these pictures everywhere, Captain Pats, Maria, and the family, and it kind of seems like the eyes are following you. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like those old timey movies where the people put their eyes inside the painting to kind of right. <laughs> I 
can see that. It seems like the place yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, like that. But other than that, I didn't get no vibe at all. And I've been on like some in some houses, like in Savannah, Georgia tours, where immediately I walked in the house and went, "Oh boy, there's yeah. something wrong here." Just felt weird, you know. Um, so I spoke to the staff, <laughs> and they said they've never had any experience, and most of the volunteer staff have been working there for over 20 years. <laughs> so we would still love to do an investigation here at Dairyland Frights, but I will end mine with a quote from the PAPS uh, Mansion's Director of Operations and Cultural Affairs. She says the staff of the PAPS Mansion doesn't think it's haunted. <laughs> hmm. uh, and she said, we just like to say it's a spirited house and it still is. So, okay. and that's my experience. I did not get a vibe, like I said, walked through it, took the tour, right. a lot of creaky, heavy stairs, creak, crack, creak. You walk into the rooms, they have those really weird pictures where the children just stare at you with no smiles. <laughs> right. And then, like, the, they took us down and they showed us, like, the dumb waiter. And, oh, this is how this works. They showed us the kitchen. And they showed us, like, oh, this is where they come in because it's just, there's the dining room. Here's the candle opera. And here's their bedrooms. And it's, like, three levels. So you go up one level and it's, like, kind of a, a main guest area or office area. Then you go to the second level. And that's kind of where um, most of the kids and the uh, pops sleep. And then you go third level, and it's kind of like different areas for guests and other things. And it, it's huge. But you can do the tour uh, about 45 minutes. Um, and it's really interesting. I, I would want to do the October tour if I wanted to do that. But like I said, cool. I, I think there's something going on with it. But who knows what it might be. It just didn't seem to me this like whoa. There's this is heavy presence or something. So right, yeah. That's uh, well, what do you think, Brooke? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if the staff doesn't think that it's haunted, then it's probably yeah. not. You know, like if anyone were to think it's haunted, it'd be the yeah. staff because they're there all the time. So and usually, yeah. that's like those are the first stories you hear is like, oh, I worked there and someone pulled my hair. You know, so if there's not that, then I I feel like it's probably not haunted. But it looks yeah. like a really cool place. It yeah, it's there. very cool very place. St- spooky anyway like just yeah, because exactly. of the um, and, yeah. yeah so megan what do you think yeah i think i'm gonna agree with brooke on this one although that candlelight walkthrough would be really cool to do someday for sure awesome so without further ado let's go to another spooky house uh, the broomder mansion megan take it away all right cool so this story that I'm about to tell about the Browner Mansion is really cool, but I just want to say we're going to be mature about this poor woman's name. <laughs> John mentioned I'm the not. beginning of this <laughs> podcast. You know, this one, she has, she has a very unique name, but we're going to be mature about uh, it. <laughs> All right, you're going to have to stay tuned to find out what it is. <laughs> that was gotcha. Anyways, so... This is my story about the Brumder Mansion. It's located at 3046 West Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And this mansion, it is huge. It's gorgeous. It's 8,000 square feet. It's this like red brick building, Victorian home. And it was built in 1910. So you can look up photos of it. It's a really gorgeous building. 
Today, it's actually a bed and breakfast. So if you want to rent a room there, you can. And it's really cool. All the different rooms are filled with antiques. And there's even this like private theater. It seats 55 people and you can watch plays there. You can do like murder mysteries and you can even watch magic shows. So it's kind of like a cool spot to like go with uh, your significant other or your friends. So it's, it's pretty cool. But Something that kind of made me laugh is I went on their website and they describe it as your next romantic rendezvous, which I think is oh. so funny because oh, this place is like allegedly haunted. So I don't know that maybe there's a balance between the two, but you'll have to tell me. So <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this story I'm telling is from the weird Wisconsin book. That's again by Linda Godfrey and Richard <laughs> Hendricks. We, we have to reference Linda at least once an episode, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But um, the Brumder Mansion, it's actually allegedly haunted by a woman. And remember, let's be mature about this woman's name. Her <laughs> name is Aunt Pussy. Yes. Oh, no. You know, and if you don't believe me, you can read the weird Wisconsin book is on page 238. So don't, so don't judge me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But sure this lady Pussy. was like a real lady. So we're, we're not going to rag on oh, her. Oh, I'm just what? <laughs> Anyways, so um, something that I thought was funny was Linda actually wrote in the book that um, Aunt Pussy has the best name of any ghost that we know. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so Hands this up. lady, she allegedly, you know, sticks around the mansion, even though she's passed away a long time ago. And like I said, this woman was a real woman. She was, as the book says, an austere, fussy German immigrant when she was alive. <laughs> yeah. So I, from the stories that I read, she's like a very particular woman. And just some of the things that she does in her ghostly state is very funny. But she used to live in the gold mansion at the Brumder or the gold suite at the Brumder mansion, which um, it's interesting because you can actually look up the different suites in the house that you can rent and it's no longer called the gold suite. So not sure which one she used to stay in, but that's what the book says. Hmm. Anyways, so in death, this lady, she is frequently expressing her disapproval about how the homeowner decorates. Like, for example, if the window shades are like the wrong, like amount pulled down, she'll put it exactly half open, half shut, because that's exactly how she liked it in real life. <laughs> it, it has to be perfect. She also will mess with like the table settings in the house. So it has to be, you know, specifically set the way that she liked it. Hmm. Yeah. But something interesting that I learned is that she specifically does not like dogs. And there's this one interesting story. So Carol, who's the mansion's owner, she actually had her dog sleeping with her on the bed one night and she wakes up in the middle of the night and she has this like unexplainable feeling that she needs to kick her dog off the bed. So she was thinking that like this auntie ghost was like kind of influencing her to kick the dog off the bed because she doesn't like when animals are on the bed. Yeah. She likes huh. Yes. So, <laughs> so I don't think this sense. lady and I, I don't think this ghost and I could be friends because I no. love my dog. So we're Me kicking too. you out. <laughs> Anyways. So the activity doesn't really like stop there. There's been people who have stayed there that have had really weird paranormal experiences. Like 
there was this Native American medicine man who complained that there were chatty spirits <laughs> in the gold suite. And that's where, you know, auntie stays, allegedly. And then there was this psychic who also stayed at the mansion and she like went a little crazy after spending a night there. So it's just some really mm. weird, unexplained things happening. Yeah. Another story that I read in the book was that the suite's mirror actually moved across the room by itself and it landed in the bathtub, but it didn't break. Oh. oh. Wow. Which is like interesting yeah it's very weird so i don't know she maybe she was rearranging the bathroom who knows yeah maybe she's very particular carol the um again the owner she also found fresh blood droplets in the bathroom but she was the only one home so there's just like some very weird things happening okay but something that made me laugh is that they have a doorbell at the mansion and you can program it to play specific tunes when you press it. And so Carol kept, you know, making it specific tunes, but it would change by itself. And so one day she was like, all right, auntie, like, go ahead, pick the tune that you like and I will keep it, you know, whatever you choose. So apparently the only tunes that will stay put or allegedly the ones that Auntie likes are Happy Birthday and (laughs) (laughs) Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Oh. (laughs) I don't don't know. She's a particular lady. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe she was a Brewers fan or something. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. There you go. But um, like I said, the Gold Suite isn't labeled the Gold Suite anymore. Based on my research, it might be the Emma room now, but I would have to check with the owners. So if you want to stay in the haunted room, you're going to have to ask. Gotcha. Another interesting thing is that this place has actually been researched by different local and national paranormal groups. And they've actually had some like inexplicable happenings happen at the mansion, like uh there's patrons and workers who have said they've heard like strange voices and like creepy noises going on, which kind of makes me think that there might be more spirits in the house than just auntie, auntie Mm -hmm. P. (laughs) Like um, Mm. there's this theory that um, another ghost in the house named Suzanne, she used to be the Brumder family's housekeeper and she loves taking care of the estate. She wants it to be in tip top shape, kind of like auntie in a way. So um, some people have actually seen this like floating orb in the gold suite as well. So I don't know. Is she still working for the house even in death? Who knows? So not sure if it's one ghost, multiple ghosts, but um, it's it's a pretty cool story. Um, Just wanted to share that one. I highly recommend getting the Weird Wisconsin book. It has a lot of really cool stories in it. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. It's fun. Yeah, those are really interesting stories, you know. I, I I just think that again, Milwaukee is such a great town to go to, to not only visit but to check out some of these great sites and great mm-hmm. homes. Um yeah. and you know, just saying hi to Aunt Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got I got to do it again. <laughs> uh, you know, to make her happy, you know, sing her a good uh, Sing her a fine uh, song, a happy birthday. Happy birthday. Give her a happy birthday. <laughs> or you could you, you could sing it. <laughs> you could sing it in German. Ah, okay. there you go. She'd ah. probably like that, unless you're singing off tune. She probably wouldn't like that. That's true. I'm trying to 
remember us. How to say? How is it? It's like alles Gute zum Geburtstag. That's happy birthday in German. No, nice. say that to her. <laughs> yeah, love awesome it. Awesome job. So, anything else to add, Megan and Brooke, about these great haunted locations? Um, I don't know. I think Milwaukee is just a really cool city. We haven't talked about it too much. We've talked about a lot of like smaller town things. Um, well, but... Fister Hotel. We talked about that. That's true. We did talk about the Fister Hotel. Yeah. There's a lot of it, just a lot of really cool like architecture and buildings in Milwaukee. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of them might be haunted. So I think we'll, you know, come back to it. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Megan, what do you think? I definitely feel like I would take a chance and rent a room at the Brumder Mansion. It seems like a really cool place to stay, especially sure. with the different shows that yeah. you can see there. Um, don't know if I'd stay in the gold suite, but uh, definitely I think it'd be worth checking out. It seems like a really cool place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all those sounds like cool places. Again, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, we will be doing an Instagram soon. Uh, but we're on YouTube. We are on every known podcast site out there. We just went on <laughs> Stitcher and Pandora this week. So please check us out there. Again, please rate us. Tell us what you think. Send us an email uh, to DairylandFrights at gmail.com. Hey, what new stories would you like? Do you have any interesting pictures? Uh, with mm -hmm. Instagram up and running, please send your pictures. Send anything that maybe we should... Uh, Take a look at and do some show on in the future. So, again, tell you ghosts we said hi. You guys have a great week. Megan and Brooke, it's been awesome as usual. Yes, it has been. <laughs> All Thanks, right, John. can't wait for next week. Yes, see you next week.